For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I will be joined today by Amanda Bond, and we're going to talk about Facebook ad sequences. And we're going to really talk about a alternative method to creating funnels that doesn't cost as much money, but creates a lot better results. And we go a little long in today's show because there's a lot of cool stuff that we talk about. So stick with us. You're going to find great value. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found a really cool video editing app called Luma FX. For the iOS, so if you're Android, fast forward, but <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> tell everybody what it does. Yes, so uh, it does a number of different things. First of all, it can take your footage that you've recorded or imported, and you can crop it and uh, transform it in different ways, like from square or vertical video. You can you can modify and crop it and change it that way. It's also got a bunch of different effects: fast, slow motion. It's got a bunch of different like filters that are similar to filters you would find in, say, Instagram. But what you can do is you can compile or composite different versions of those filters and create your own presets, if you will, to then pull back out and apply to certain clips at any given time that you want to. It's kind of like a really easy-to-use mobile video editing app. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, exactly. And and again, I've not seen any of these. We've mentioned a lot of them in, in the course of doing these tools over the years. This is one that's got a lot more functionality and like this is the one that's like not missing anything. In other words, it brings lots of the stuff that others can do, but it's like only this can do certain things and do I mean, this is like the the power editors app on the mobile device when it comes to these effects. Yeah, and it's got color correction, and um, it looks like a bunch of other cool stuff that you can do with it. I'm kind of excited about the ability to kind of like rotate it, crop it, make vertical video out of it. I mean, and and just do some very quick basic edits. Um, is this what's this thing cost? This is a $2.99 app on the iOS store, and that's a really good deal, to be honest. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. And have you had a chance to try it yet, or no? Yeah, I downloaded it and I imported some stuff. And, you know, I, like, for example, when I'm going to edit an image, I've got certain things that I do, like where I'll, you know, put in like a vignette kind of a thing. And that's one of the things I saw them do in the example videos where it kind of, there's they, they, they've got two bike riders uh, in motion. And what they've done is they apply one of these filters 
and it then kind of makes the background a little bit more dim, but the action, it, I mean, it draws you in on the bike riders as they're in motion and they're centered in the frame. And it just, it adds that extra bit of, uh, I don't know, pop or focus on that video. And I just think, man, to be able to do that on the go with video, I just shot on my phone. That's amazing. Yeah. And they say it supports up to 240 frames per second for slow motion animation, which is kind of cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a heck of a price, you know, you can't beat that for doing editing. I would imagine you might want to, if you have an iPad, maybe consider doing it on a device where you would have a bigger screen. Cause so you could have a little more control. Um, but y- did you try it on an p- iPad or on an iPhone? I tried it on my phone, but, uh, I'm what? definitely going to see about doing it on the iPad. Cause again, bigger screen, easier to do. So you find it's easy to use. Yeah. I mean, it was very intuitive. Like I, I just felt like it was a cross between doing photo editing inside of the Instagram native app and inside of the the regular iOS, like when you tap and hit edit on a, a photo inside of your camera roll, it was in, as intuitive in it, as any of that is and just so much more powerful. How do we, where do we find this thing? So to go get this, you go over to the site to find it, which is luma-touch.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for today's interview with Amanda Bond. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Amanda Bond, known to her tribe simply as Bond. Now, if you don't know her, you need to know her because she is one of the leading Facebook ads experts. Her course is the Strategy System. She's a regular speaker at Social Media Marketing World and also a HubSpot Academy instructor. And this is her third time back on my show. Amanda, welcome. Thank you so much. The third time. Is this real life? This is real life. And by the way, folks, we both have a little cold. So if there's some coughs in the background, you know. Don't worry about it, right? We're going to try to turn our heads. It'll be good. We were just talking about how, unfortunately, we both got a bug. So, but the show must Absolutely, go on. But we want to come hang out, right? So we're still here. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just had a little cough there. Today, here's what's going to happen Amanda and I are going to explore the challenges of Facebook advertising in 2019, because there's some challenges for sure, and a new way that you can focus on your Facebook ads. Now, Amanda, a lot of people listening right now are not doing Facebook ads. As a matter of fact, you know the stats. Most people that have Facebook pages are not doing ads. But there's also some that are doing it, but it's not working. So why are Facebook ads so important today? Give us your thoughts. Oh, oh my gosh. Great question. And especially coming off the year that we just had in 2018 with Facebook apocalypse, all the changes going on behind the scenes and the Facebook advertising costs just exponentially rising over the year. 2018 was a really funny one because it priced a lot of people out of the market. I mean, the inventory available from Facebook is only a finite number of ad impressions that we can serve and they're getting dangerously close to the limit. So the cost to deliver those ads rose exponentially, which sounds like a bad thing, but me as a Facebook marketer, 
you listening who knows all the things about social media marketing, this is an amazing time to jump into Facebook ads because a lot of people bailed on Facebook ads last year. They had they're throwing their hands up in frustration, just saying, this is too expensive. It's not working. And therefore, a lot of advertisers are turning to different platforms, which is slowly starting to really uh, make the playing field more even. So what I'm hearing you say is the cost of advertising went up. And as a result, some people have left. So are you saying there's now more inventory left? Help me understand that. Okay, great question. Uh, so especially in Q4, like the Christmas time, the Thanksgiving, November and December of the year, I did some, some research into the numbers. And this year, the CPMs were three times as expensive as they were two years ago. So what that means is anyone whose ads weren't working, aka weren't turning into sales revenue, a lot of the big players who are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on Facebook in the last quarter of the year started looking to other platforms. And this is, you know, a lot of a lot of underground conversation and and tips and tricks being passed around behind the scenes. But they were turning to a lot of different advertising platforms. So people who might have been spending, let's say, $500,000 a month on Facebook, they may have cut that down to 250,000 and then started to diversify that paid traffic to other platforms. So when you think of it that way, if these big players aren't putting their dollars into Facebook, that means that there is more available inventory for us. And we're starting to see that here in Q1 as those CPMs are dropping at quite a quick rate. Like ad, ad costs almost feel like they're normalizing right now. Awesome. Another reason why and there's going to be people listening to this all throughout 2019 and even into 2020. Another reason why you want to be thinking about Facebook ads is because Facebook organic reach for most pages is down a lot from where it was a year ago. For example, if you're a company and you've been publishing content that links off of Facebook, which is a big part of what a lot of people's strategy has been, you're noticing less reach less interaction, less almost everything. So if you want to get that content in front of people, you need to actually pay money. For example, Amanda, we just posted that we are hiring. This is time shifted, by the way. Some folks listening to this are going to remember this from about a month ago, but we just posted today and we did an emergency podcast that we're hiring a director of marketing and we posted it up on Facebook. Now I contacted one of the people on my team, Kim, and I said, hey, I want you to turn that into an ad and I want you to target people living in the United States who are directors of marketing because I know that it's not going to get seen. So I put money behind it. So there's another reason Absolutely. why we, there's another reason we, we need to start looking at Facebook ads is because if that message needs to be in front of an audience, there's no better way to get it there. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And I mean, there's no better time to start anything in the social media marketing world than today, because we all know how rapidly things change. I mean, you guys have a freaking show that talks about it on a weekly basis, how these things are changing so rapidly. Right. So now is the best time. What's that adage about planting a tree? The best time to plant that tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So we should be thinking of our Facebook ads in a very 
similar manner. Okay. You already mentioned one of the challenges of Facebook ads, which is limited inventory and cost rising. You can expand on that or you can mention some of the other challenges because I know there are people listening right now that are doing Facebook ads and maybe it's just not working for them. What are some of the big challenges right now that you're seeing out there when it comes to advertising on Facebook? Uh, I mean, the biggest challenge that I'm seeing is in the education space around Facebook advertising, lead generation ads, moving people into a customer journey, or you might have heard it be referenced as a sales funnel. That's been glorified for so long. Going straight out to people who don't know, like, and trust you, cold audiences, and asking them to give up your email address for something that might be valuable to them, like a training webinar or a downloadable. Well, for the past two and a half years, people have been so focused on treating their customer journey like just pushing numbers through this machine to generate revenue, what's happened is that there's so much noise trying to collect people's email addresses, trying to transact with people online that we forgot about some foundational basics like, hey, maybe we should build a brand. Hey, maybe we should remember to show up, not just when we're trying to generate revenue and collect checks on the internet. So one of the challenges that I'm seeing is a lot of amazing people with amazing products and services and offers are being priced out of Facebook advertising because those costs are rising, but also because they're listening to mentors who are talking about just pushing people through these sales funnels, like they're numbers and not human beings. So one of the things I'm most excited for, for 2019 and beyond is getting back to those foundational marketing principles, connecting with people, then asking them for a micro commitment where they raise their hand and say, yeah, you know, you might be able to help me solve my problems or what I'm trying to accomplish here. And then initiating in the sales conversation, almost on a permission basis. It's not here's my webinar, join it now. I've got lots of value to show you. And then I'm going to hit you with a sales pitch. It's I'm here for you no matter what. And I'm just going to use ads as a tool to amplify that message to meet our customers where they already are. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing you say is first of all, obviously it's getting more expensive to run ads. And the underlying message there is like, if it doesn't work, and the costs keep rising, you're going to be resistant to trying different things is what I'm guessing is an underlying message there. The other side of it is like everybody's talking about these funnels and these funnels may not work as well as they used to be working. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. I mean, we've done a lot of data and a lot of research behind the scenes, diving into the back ends of businesses and funnels are optimized for what I like to call the lowest cost denominator. It's a way for businesses to just get a lot of traffic but it might not be qualified traffic. And that's why when I say a lot of people focus on teaching lead generation and when they forget about the other things, that's the problem because amplifying your content with Facebook ads and doing it in a video views format where you're sharing your message and your values and your mission, 
those ads are actually less expensive than the direct lead generation ads and the ads that are going straight for the purchase. So if most of the people are focused on lead generation and conversion ads, the expensive one, well, there's a bunch of inventory. There's a bunch of opportunity for you to say, hey, what about these Instagram stories ads over here where I can slowly warm up people to our offer? And then once they're in our custom audiences and you know how much I love talking about custom audiences because we filmed our last podcast episode on that. Once they're in those custom retargetable audiences, then you can put ads in front of them that are more lead generation, that are more starting a sales conversation. But when like that's your only focus, that's why people aren't having success because they're trying to go to cold audiences and go too hard, too fast into these sales funnels to get them to transact with the brand. And they're not taking the time to care about that human journey that people go through when they're when they're essentially looking to buy something online. Let's talk about that journey a little bit. Um, so many of us, especially the people on my team, you know, um, we're trying to get people to buy tickets to our conference, for example, you know, and most of our advertising is just remarketing to people who have already been to our sales page. You know, we're not in the business of lead generation, but I know others probably are. But so many of us are really just doing direct selling. Let's be honest, right? Here's the problem. We can solve it for you. Click here to buy. Tell us about this customer journey thing that you just kind of alluded to. Like what, what do we need to know? What do we need to be thinking about? Absolutely. So the way that I like to look at it, and please don't think that this is anything revolutionary, it's foundational marketing principles. We break it into three phases. So we call it connect, commit, and close. And so that breaks down. Connect is all about branding. It's about putting out amazing content. It's about building engagement, getting people to watch the videos that you create and consume that content. That's where that brand loyalty is established in the connect phase. And that's where a lot of people focus their time when they're initially starting to build an audience online. But that's just one of the phases. The next phase when it comes to Facebook advertising is where 95% of the content and the education out there is focused on lead generation, right? We already touched on it. It's about asking people for an email or asking them to sign up for a discovery call in exchange for something of value, right? It's the thing that kicks off the sales conversation. So no matter what industry, no matter if you sell online or not, that lead generation phase is all about identifying potential prospects to sell to and start the purchase consideration phase, which is the third phase, which is all about close and generating the transaction. Of course, once you once you get a sale, obviously there's other elements on fulfilling on that, but we're talking more on the marketing side of the equation. So connect, commit, and close when it comes to ads is an important journey to take people through. And, you know, like I've said before, a lot of people are focused on that direct response style of marketing where they go out to cold audiences who don't know them and then they just immediately ask for their email or they're just advertising to the people who have been to a sales page 
and trying to get those people back to the sales page to make the decision. So when we think about Facebook advertising in 2019 and beyond, I really encourage people to zoom out and to think about the brand goals and the specific goals for each and every product and service that you have. And then start to create ad sequences. So a series of ads that people can go through based on their behaviors, starting with warming them up and branding, and then moving them into lead generation and sales retargeting once they're in that sales process. Okay. You, you threw out the phrase ad sequences. So help delineate an ad se- sequence versus a funnel because they sound kind of the same. Oh, uh, they pretty much are the same. I just don't love the word funnel. It just sounds so forced. Like well, you, you have a chance to redefine people. it. You have a chance to redefine it in a way that works. You know, for, how should I mean? Obviously, you're proposing a new way of thinking, right? So, so if if these sequences, if they pretty much are the same, come on, there's got to be some delineation between these, <laughs> right? The way you do it versus Absolutely. the way others do it. So, so what's the bond way? You know, what makes the sequence unique for you versus what others might be preaching? Oh, I love that question. So a sequence for me isn't something that I'm initiating. It's I look at what the customer is already naturally doing if they were just left to their own devices on your website or in your email sequence. It's not about what I say is the next action in the sequence. It's identifying how people engage with us organically And then creating ads that are triggered by that user behavior, right? So using things like custom audiences, and I highly recommend if you haven't heard that podcast episode to go back because we chatted amazing things around custom audiences, but taking those custom audiences, like somebody who watched 50 or 10 seconds of a video, then you're going to say, okay, that person watched a little bit of the video, but maybe it's a 25 minute video and they didn't watch the entire thing. So you can then figure out sequentially what the next thing they might have done organically and just choose to serve it up to them in an ad that takes priority in their newsfeed. Give us an example, just so we can wrap our brain around this, like make one up or talk about one you're doing currently, just so we can understand this. Absolutely. Actually, let's do let's do the live show. So uh, everyone knows the live show Social Media Examiner puts on on Fridays. So if Call, you wait, watch just, that on Facebook, it's called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Just in case anybody wants to look it up and it is in the podcast, but keep going. Absolutely. You should definitely look that up. So let's say you watch that show on Facebook though, and you were busy. It's a Friday. You got lots of stuff going on. So you saw it, but only for a few seconds. And you're like, oh shoot, it was a really good episode. Bond was on there talking some Facebook ad updates. I got to go back and watch that. Well, us as marketers, we could say, okay, a majority of our audience or a a segment of our audience maybe would come back and find that video, but then also life happens, right? So instead of them forgetting to come back and watch it, we could amplify that live show or amplify some of the resources that we mentioned with a Facebook ad by just simply saying, hey, Facebook, let's target people that watched at least 10 seconds of the show. And so If we amplify the episode, we can encourage them to continue to watch. 
or if what's more important is going to see the content that we talked about, maybe we break it down into some micro videos, or maybe we amplify the blog posts that talk about the updates of the week to really encourage people to take that next intended step along the way. We could even say, hey, you missed the video, catch it in podcast form so you can listen to it when you're on the go, right? Exactly. And then the people that watch 95% of it, we could be like, oh, hey, hey, guess what's coming up? Social Media Marketing World 2019. Are you going to be there? Or catch the next episode, right? I mean, we could remind them. Exactly. This is what's part of the um, connect phase. Is that right? Or Absolutely. So the something like the new show would be part of the connect phase. It's really about branding and just getting people familiar with the brand. The commit, so that would be if hey, like give us your email address because we have some amazing summit coming up or, you know, there's some, some free downloadable or what's the industry report that you guys um, produce every year? It's called the Social Media Marketing Industry Report. Boom. So you could say, hey, download the Social Media Marketing Industry Report once they have watched a little bit of that video. And then from there, if they're interested in the industry report, I mean, where do you get better information than Social Media Marketing World, right? So then in the close phase, we can start sharing different videos, highlighting different elements of the event and get people to come hang out with us in person. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's brainstorm a little bit here. Because I think a lot of people first thought they might, I don't even know what I could possibly put in the connect category because I'm so much on the commit side, right? Like like so much of what we do is is all about getting the sale or getting the lead, right? Help us audit right now. Like, you know, what are some of your students doing? Like, let's, let's just spend a little time on this connect phase because I want people to kind of have their eyes open to all the possible quote unquote audiences they could create. And also we should, as a little divergent, say, we need to be creating audiences all over the place, right? So let's let's kind of dig in on that a little bit. Perfect. So the first thing that I'm going to say is you likely already have some type of connect content created. And whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, the first thing that I encourage you to do is go look at the organic content that you're posting and just take a quick inventory of how it's doing. Yes, Mike, you mentioned that reaches down like across the board. And so what I want you to do is go deeper than just at a glance how you think this content is working. So on Facebook, that includes going into Facebook page insights. So the metrics of your page and looking at the engagement rate of each individual post. So you can go and you can see all of your posts and you can see for every 100 people that sees this post, how many of them are liking, commenting, sharing, clicking, doing something that takes action to show that this content is relevant to them. So I would go do an audit on your Facebook page, check out the engagement rate of all your posts and see if there's a theme, see if there's one piece of content that is more engaging than the others. When it comes to connect ads, we really want to help 
Facebook give us favorable pricing. And one of the ways that we can lower our Facebook ad costs is increase the number of people clicking our ads and engaging with our ads. Because the algorithm looks at that and they say, oh, this person's ad is on fire. Let's serve it up to more people because they're taking action. And if your competitors is getting crickets, your cost to deliver a thousand impressions will be cheaper than theirs. So on Facebook, dive into those insights. On Facebook, um, how far back can we go when it comes to, um, <sighs> can we go years back if we really want to? Do you know? I think you can. I don't think I've actually personally scrolled back too, too long, but I know I've scrolled back to two years worth of posts. Here's a hypothetical. Remember when the whole Facebook apocalypse thing happened, right? Back about a year ago. Absolutely. We had like 600,000 views on that video. And if something was relevant to that audience that watched that video, could we somehow use that to feed them particular content? I don't know. I mean, or does it kind of age out? Do you understand where I'm going with this? I, I do. So when you're looking at your analytics and your engagement rate, that is that is unlimited. You can go back and scroll back years. When it comes to targeting those people with ads, there is a limit that Facebook puts on it. So you can only target people who have watched that video in the last 365 days, which I think it's almost a year anniversary to the day we're recording this. You're right. So yeah. Go, 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 go. Create an audience of it because they're still there today. <laughs> but once you create the audience, you have the audience, right? Absolutely. So if you serve them up video content and you recapture that audience as new video viewers, you can continue to put ads in front of them for another year. But the audience itself does only stay for a year. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Like if Correct. I, okay. What, what I'm hearing you say so far, and I, I want to dig in on this, is that locate some of your best performing posts on Facebook create some audiences. Some people may not understand that it's not just video views that you can create audiences. What are some of the overlooked audiences that we might want to consider when we're looking at our posts? Oh, my favorite under undervalued or underknown audience is the event response audience. If you create events from your business page on Facebook, whether it's hosting live trainings, hosting in-person events, and people mark interested or going, you can put ads in front of those people for 365 days. Like, I just think that's so cool that we have wow. the ability to do that. Fascinating. Right? I did not know that. Okay. So what about off of Facebook? Because we have the pixel on our website, right? Should we talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So on your website, if you have that Facebook pixel, and I am a big uh, believer, even if you're not Facebook advertising just yet, make sure to place that Facebook pixel on your website. If you plan on advertising within the next 180 days, because Facebook will keep all of those visitors, they will tag them as having been to your site, and then you'll be able to put those people into an audience and run Facebook ads to them. So let's say they land on an amazing article written by Amanda Bond, right? There you go. So you guys go check out how to get more engagement and lower your Facebook ad costs. You check out that post and then all of a sudden we can say, oh, hey, you're interested in Facebook ad content. Why don't you check out these other posts? And we could present that perhaps in a carousel format where they can select 
the ads that are most relevant to them, right? So we're, in, we're taking the things that people are interacting with. They're the ones, our audience is the one taking that action. And then we can say, oh, okay, if you're interested in that, perhaps you'd like to see this. And the goal is to move people through those three phases, right? So we're talking a lot about connect, but once they are in those custom audiences, we can start doing lead generation ads where we maybe ask for their email and start that sales process. And we did a study of $48,000 in ad spend where we found out to do lead generation to your warm custom audiences, it's 50 to 100% cheaper than if you just tried to get email addresses and get people to enter into your sales process from cold traffic. So I just, why wouldn't you warm people up? Why wouldn't you build a brand? It's more advantageous for them because they understand who you are and what you do. And it's more advantageous for you because it's cost effective. You are going to mention Instagram. So let's go there. Um, how can we get right. some of these connect things going on Instagram? Yeah. So Instagram, again, I always say analyze your current organic content to see what performs best. But on Instagram, it's a manual calculation. Ugh, I wish they had I wish they had business profile insights like they do on Facebook. Unfortunately, they don't. So you have to go through post by post and you have to add up all your hearts, all your double taps, all your comments, all your sends, all your saves, all your clicks to your profile. So add those five numbers together and then divide it by your total number of impressions. And that'll give you an idea of what content your audience is already resonating with. And why do we want them to resonate with? Because it's going to lower our ad costs when more people are clicking and interacting with our ad. But here's the cool thing, and I'll give you an example that we deploy in our business. If you go to our Instagram and you DM us, or if you double tap a photo or leave a comment and engage, we have a custom audience set up that says anyone that interacts with our Instagram business page in the last three days, show them this sequence of events and we have three very specific things that we do. One, we do an engagement post. So the next thing that we pay for our audience to see is a choose an A or B type of question. So we say, do you love analog? AKA, are you a person that has a bunch of notebooks and writes it down? Or are you a digital person? Do you keep all of your thoughts digitally? And you're probably thinking like, Bond, why the heck would you pay to just get somebody to interact with your Instagram again? Well, it's the long game. It's really having people build a relationship with us, get to know them more, and they're getting to know your profile picture as well. So that once you show up in their newsfeed and you change the conversation to make it a sales conversation, they're not like, who is this stranger? Right? They because they've interacted with you before. So hold on real yep. quick. Is this some sort of like a poll ad or something, or is this just trying to get them to type a comment? Yeah, it's just a, I wish that'd be really cool. A poll ad. Um, it's just literally asking a question. Are you digital or analog in the comments? I see. Okay. Keep going. 
Yeah. So then the next one, we like to encourage people to do something that builds authority, right? So in our sequence, it's me on stage sharing about the strategy system, sharing about the three phases. And it's a 59 second little micro snippet of a video but it just shows that I've talked about this before. It shows that it's not something that I'm just trying to dupe my audience into thinking that I speak about a lot, right? So I encourage you to think about what awards have you won or what accolades do you have? How can you demonstrate that your product or your service or yourself is an authority on what your brand is all about. So that's the second one that we have in that sequence. Then the third one, I encourage people to start doing something called testimonial seeding. Because at the end of the day, yes, we're paying to put ads in front of people so that they engage and get to know our brands better. But we're not hobbyists. We're business owners, so we do like to share with people how we work with others in a here's the results that they had working with us type of experience. So it's not like here's my product, buy it. It's here's the transformation that that thing helped our clients or our customers to achieve. So we've been talking a while about the connect stage because it's the thing that nobody does. And it seems to me that what I'm really hearing you say is if you provide more information about yourself, for example, to help build that relationship, or if you do something to get them to engage a little bit more, or if you provide them some other valuable information that may not be at all about what you're trying to sell, that's going to allow the customer, the prospect, to build more affinity with you. Am I, am I close? Boom. Did you just mic drop it? <laughs> well, I am Mike. <laughs> I think so. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We'll just tap the mic. <laughs> that was, weak. that was weak. Anyways. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, that's the part that we need to wrap our brain around and how much less expensive is this? Because a lot of people are like, are you kidding me? Like that seems like it's totally not at all related to what my job is as, as a marketer. Um, so how inexpensive it is, is it? And how successful has this been so that when people do get to the commit stage, they will turn into a customer. How has it changed things for you and your customers? Absolutely. I'm like, I'm standing up dancing because this just makes me so happy. I know that I've said a lot of different ads and I know that you can get quite ninja with these sequences, but when you deploy the three phases sequentially stacked upon another and you give your customers the ability to interact with you, yes, in that commit phase, like I said, it's going to reduce your cost per lead by 50 to 100%. But what I love the most is it on average halves your cost per customer acquisition. Yes, you're spending more on the different ads that you have, but by the time people go through the connect phase and get to know you and then enter into the commit phase, they've already built that trust and they're more receptive to what your offer is. And then in the close phase, we help them make a win-win decision by overcoming objections. 
they're more likely to take action. So your result rates go up, aka you earn more customers and the cost to acquire them cuts in half from if you're just spending money on lead generation. Imagine a pie chart. What percent of your uh, budget goes to connect, commit, and close? Oh, I love those questions. So we break it up typically, and this can this can change depending on your model and are you a launch base? Do you sell something every day? Are you physical products? But on average, we break it up. 20% of the budget goes into connect. So we always, always, even if you're launch-based, have our connect ads running. Like if you go to my Instagram and you interact with me, those ads are running sometimes even for as simple as a dollar a day, all the time. I have not changed that ad in probably six months because what happens is more people are seeing it and new people are seeing it. So 20% to the connect phase that runs 365 days a year, then we would budget about 50%, 40 to 50% for your commit phase. So getting people to enter in to the sales process and then the remaining 30 to 40% would be in the close phase is that phase is important because people have already raised their hand and said, yes, I'm interested in this. So we're going to continue to take that conversation deeper and nurture those relationships to help people make a decision. And from what I know to be true, As a marketer, when you let people know that you're here to support them as humans and you're not just here to make a buck, sometimes when you say no to a client or a customer now because it's not a right fit immediately, it makes them brand evangelists down the line because they said, they say that like that company put me first and they remember how you make them feel in that close phase the commit versus the close kind of helped delineate this too a little bit because i think we've really gone in detail on the connect i think i know what the close is i think the close is like hey there's a sale that's ending or hey this opportunity is closing i'm close right is that what the close stage is if so what's the commit stage help us understand that Absolutely. So close phase is anytime somebody is in purchase consideration. So you might be emailing them about an offer. You might be emailing them about social media marketing world because we've used that amazing example in this podcast or they visited a sales page, right? They've expressed their intent. We know they're in purchase consideration. On the flip side, the commit phase is just simply optimizing for leads. Okay. We got to get people into our email uh, sequence, our email autoresponder, our CRM. And in there, you know, we might deliver them a five-day challenge, or we might have a webinar to encourage them to show up and learn more about us while we help them along the way. So it's whatever you do to grow your email list. Now I'm going to do One little advanced tip. So if you're just getting started, keep the definition of commit to an email. But if you deploy the three phases, connect, commit, close, you actually can get people to take actions directly in the Facebook or Instagram newsfeed. And we would say, oh, that person is now interested in our product or service. So that might be 
saying, yes, I'm going to this event. In fact, we, we had an anti-launch one time where we're like, we're not even going to ask you for your email address. All you have to do to see the rest of the launch content delivered directly to your newsfeed is say, yes, I am going to this Facebook event. So when it comes to custom audiences, yes, you can collect email addresses and then target them with Facebook ads, but you can also get really creative and really ninja and say, if you watch 95% of this video, you will unlock a free gift or you will be able to chat with us. Oh, I like that. Right? Like it's absolutely amazing. And then you'll deliver an ad only to the people that watch 95%, right? Exactly. Okay. Order of operations here. How many connect ads before I throw them into the commit phase? I mean, help us understand that a little bit. So if you're just setting it up, I do recommend people start simple. So how I would do it the very first time is I would have one connect trigger video, right? And I love video because you can capture those three second views. If it's just a static post, then I mean, people have to like it, they have to comment on it, they have to share it to enter into your sequence. So I always start with a trigger video and then I recommend a sequence of three ads. So three touch points wait, in the Wait, 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 just, so, just so we're clear, just so we're clear, when you say start with a, a video, do you mean find a video you've already done or do you mean make a video? I mean, just clarify that a little bit. Yeah, the answer could be either. So you could create a brand new video and you would target that to cold audiences in the connect phase, or you could amplify a live stream that perhaps did well, or another piece of video content that had a great engagement rate. So that very first piece of content is the first introduction to the brand for a lot of new people. Uh, so it could be any content that speaks to what the brand's about and how they're going to support you as you move through that customer journey. Okay. So it, let's say we start with a video, we advertise it to a cold audience so they get to know us. What do we do next? Like what's run us through a, a pretty simple order of operations here. Yeah. So you got that video. The next in the connect phase, I would have add one, two, three, the engagement, the authority, and then the testimonial seating. That would be everything in the connect phase until you're a master at it. So just keep it simple. Keep it one sequence. Anyone that sees that initial video will then see those next ads. That's connect. How often of a gap between those next day kind of a thing, a week? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? So I used to think that we should see them one after the other and we should decide on that sequence. But after many a conversations with my Facebook rep, after looking at all the data, if we say on day one to two, show this first ad and then day three to four, show this next ad, we are inflating our own ad costs. So I've changed my mind on how I approach that. And I say, for the first three days or the first five days after somebody sees that initial video, show them these ads and I put them in separate ad sets so that Facebook doesn't automatically decide an, a winning ad creative and then stop, like throttle the, the reach of the other two. So I say for five days after you see this initial video, show them these three video or these three ads 
and Facebook just determines the order based on the available inventory. From those connect ones that we've already talked about, right? And then Exactly. And then what? Like the next week you throw some commitment ads at those that have watched some of those other ads? Is that the idea? Exactly. So then we would say, hey, anyone in the past, you know, five to 10 days who has seen that trigger video, right? That video is still the, the thing that the users initiated or your audience initiated five to 10 days later, let's show them our lead generation ads. Let's get them on a wait list for our program. Let's invite them to a webinar. Let's get them to download a checklist. And so once they watch that video, the authority building, the branding, the engagement happens, then automatically the next lead generation ad happens along the way. And again, you can get super complex as you build this out. You could say, oh, if somebody clicks that ad but doesn't sign up, you can retarget them with maybe a different angle to get them to sign up again. So in the commit phase, I keep it fairly simple to start. One lead generation ad, if that one's not working, we would test another one. But it's very simple. The goal is to get an email address so that you can initiate a sales conversation on not just Facebook, but also email. And I would imagine what I'm hearing you say is that initial video that you created to get them into the connect sequence is also that that's the same video once they enter the commit sequence. You're not you're not saying only enter the commit sequence if they've seen all three of the other videos, or are you saying that's the case? When you first start, yeah, when you first start, I would say keep it based off that trigger video. Perfect. As you build it out and get more complex, like you can make it choose your own adventure. So you can say, oh, on my fourth connect ad after that trigger video, it's going to be another video. And anyone who watches 50% of that video, let's show the lead gen ad to. You might have a specific reason to do that. I always like starting very simplistic and building it more complex as it's working. Perfect. Amanda, we could have talked for another hour. This is really exciting stuff you're talking about. Uh, tell everybody where they can discover more about you and whatever else you've got going on. Well, I would love for you guys to come hang out on the Facebook page. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash the ad strategist. Or if you'd love to learn more about the state of the union and what's happening with Facebook ads for this year and beyond, feel free to come on over to read our blog post all about it at the ad forward slash S M E. Amanda Bond, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights. Thank you so much for having me here for the third time. My mind is blown. Yes. And we kept the coughs to a minimum. So thank you. <laughs> See you next time. By the way, if there's anything we mentioned and you didn't capture it all, we take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 339. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.